Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, Ernie. Hi, Olivia, and hello to all of you lovely listeners. Welcome to the Polyester Podcast. I am Ioni, and I'm the founder and editor-in-chief of Polyester Online Imprint and everywhere else. And I'm Olivia, the co-host, producer, and editor of the podcast. We publish weekly episodes of The Sleepover Club one week and Obsessions the next. This week, it's the Obsessions episode where we talk to a person we admire about something they're obsessed with that has nothing to do with how they generate their income. And next week, it's The Sleepover Club where Ioni and I have all those gorgeous conversations you'd usually have with your girlmates at a sleepover. So, we have no new reviews today, but that's because we're recording this intro a little bit in advance. So, if you'd like to make our day, please go and leave us a review and we will read it out on the show and I will give you virtual kisses. And that would be fabulous. And what is convenient is this week's obsession is literally an obsession of mine and Ioni's to the point where while we were waiting for the guests to come onto the call, we were talking about it. Yeah. And if you don't know already, the obsession is drag race. So mm-hmm. we've got had a lot of drag race stuff going on. I think it's because well yeah, it's obviously kind of this boxes it. Box it as you would say. Yeah. And obviously the season was really great and I think it's like really opened a conversation into like queer culture in Liverpool. In Liverpool. God, I'm so used to saying that. <laughs> queer culture in the UK and also just like what that, the the differences between America. I think it's really just, and I think the reason that it's done really well is because a lot of accessing your queer self is these this like club and performance culture. And so not having mm. that has made like, I basically got in drag with my housemate and it was the first time in like eight months I was like oh my god I haven't like accessed this part of me that yeah you get to an age where you're like going to clubs isn't what makes me queer yeah but when you are literally in the house all the time and you get dressed up it like assimilates that feeling so Mm -hmm. so yeah we won't talk too much about it but our guest is Eliza Clark, author of the fabulous book, Boy Parts. Stunning. Stunning. You also love her on Twitter, don't you? I mean, I know you love Twitter, I only, but... Big legend. I actually don't love Twitter because um, I logged out of my personal Twitter. Because, <laughs> I logged out of my personal Twitter because even though I don't use it, I was just, like, looking at it too much. So now I'm only on the polyester Twitter, and we only follow, like, we follow, like, 200 people, 300 people, so it just, like, sucks less of my brain. Um, <laughs> yeah. But Eliza is one of the people that is like consistently hilarious on it and was also a really hilarious guest and I think provided some really good insight into the drag race machine beyond because I know I know like we've already spoken about this like it can be quite drag race can be quite frustrating thing to watch as much as it is joyful so anyway here is the interview 
Hey Eliza. Hello. Hiya. How are you? I'm not too bad. I'm about as about as good as you can be at the minute. Obviously still reeling from last night's uh, drag race. Yeah, so what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts? Oh, um, well, I do like Lawrence a lot, but I do think she I think she kind of really flatlined in the back half of the season. I agree. And I I think they should have made more effort to make this make sense in the edit because as it is it's just (laughs) it feels it feels like a weird story decision doesn't it yeah yeah because I feel I feel like it's just so obvious for the whole series that Rue was obsessed with Lawrence Mm. and then like also last night like it just stressed me out how Rue would like literally not even look taste straight in the eye like had no (laughs) feedback for her or whatever like clearly just fucking hates her I was like (sighs) I love taste so much I felt so bad for her yeah, it was it was a shame. I think um it, it ended up being like a real season of two halves where it was like almost like the Lawrence half and the Bimini half with taste just being this, I don't know, like almost like this weird just like punching bag crash test dummy who they just like throw in yeah. the lip syncs for like no reason. No reason <laughs> whatsoever. Completely. Uh, yeah, I am my personal take on Drag Race UK is that it would be vastly improved if we could pry it out of the clutches of RuPaul and Michelle Visage. Oh, um, who would you have present it? I probably just have it as Graham Norton and Alan Carr. I think they're fine. Uh, mm. I think you could you could bring in like maybe like a Jodie Harsh or a or a even a God God a, li- a Lily Savage if we could be so lucky. Um, <laughs> Like, but like, if they brought in someone like that, like an actual like famous UK drag queen, because that's what they do in like the other international series. Mm-hmm. So with Canada, you've obviously got you've got Brooklyn Heights on the judging panel. In Drag Race Holland, they've got Fred, and then in Thailand, they've got Pangina Heels and Art Aria, who are all like drag queens actually from. Mm-hmm. there mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. the the atmosphere is just so much better they all like because they're not like rupaul and they don't consider themselves this like massively removed a-list celebrity the vibes just a lot better mm-hmm. like they can have actual conversations with the hosts no one's actively terrified of them wow, <laughs> no one like takes offense for no reason as as like rupaul often does when they're just like making like a joke or something and it's just uh i'm just i'm just sick of them i'm also sick of michelle with that being like oh you're like a camden goth and i uh, do and i very like i know things about the uk <laughs> I live here. <laughs> I'm sorry, Ione's making me crease. Just that, like, no, 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 no. no I was no, about no, to say that. I fucking hate her obsession with Britishness so <sighs> much. Like, I saw her on Lorraine a few months ago, and she has, like, a fucking Union Jack heart tattoo. And I was like, mm. come on, please. And yeah, like, all her references are just off, and I just can't stand yeah. it. I just can't stand it. Although, to no, be honest, I feel like the fi- uh, the finale yesterday really kind of won me round to Ellie Diamond because mm. I was really harsh on her. And then I watched her, you know, the Queens in lock. I watched her on the Queens in lockdown. And when she was mm. like, oh, I was homeless. And I was like, oh, that that's really tight. Like, obviously that's shit. Mm. And then I feel like it just made me understand her a bit more. But then yeah. I feel like it all came together in last night's episode where it's like her final look was actually really sick. Like I did love it. And I don't yeah. think she necessarily, mm. I think it was the right thing to do to like um, put her in fourth place. But 
I think it was good she was there in the end. Yeah, it definitely felt like it felt like Veronica Green's spot that she was <laughs> occupying, uh, which which is a shame. But what the hell was Veronica's look? The weird like superhero costume. <laughs> Yeah, I thought she looked like she. It, I thought she was trying to do kind of like a like an off-brand Sailor Moon thing. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, like it was that. weird. It was weird. Best part of the finale. Well, not the best part, but Tia Coffee's outfit was amazing. She looked unreal. Yeah, she yes, looked so she looked good. Uh, she looked so good. I wish. I really wish that this is part of my part of my vendetta against RuPaul continuing to host Drag Race UK. But I really wish that. Tiara had been allowed to be on a little bit longer and just to be a bit of a clip because she was really entertaining and she was granted not very good in the snatch game but she was, um, she was like good in almost all of the challenges I just really liked her she was like the narrator of the season and I'm just really frustrated mm-hmm. that she got put out on the basis of looks which just just don't really feel that important to like particularly the kind of UK drag like when I think of a UK yeah. drag queen, I think of that like sort of like that almost like snappy like glue to the DJ booth, almost like partially serving yeah. as like a bouncer and a stand-up comedian at the same time. Yeah. And it just <laughs> it just feels so like against the sensibilities of drag in the UK to have like Michelle and Rue kind of there, like, oh, you're not wearing high heels. Like, oh, who gives a shit? Fuck off. I know. <laughs> yeah. I know that um, really rubs me up the wrong way with Ginny. Because yeah. like she's clearly so uncomfortable trying to be like sexy little Ginny. Yeah. And you shouldn't she shouldn't have to be that either because she's just amazing how she is by herself. Yeah, I think it's telling as well that when like when she'd said like, Oh, I just I wear flats because um because I've got a chronic illness and Graham was like, Yeah, well that's that's fine. I guess you can just wear a kitten heel, that doesn't matter. Whereas they felt like RuPaul and Michelle felt very like, no. <laughs> it has to be um i think it's one of the one of the reasons i really like drag race thailand i'm partially i partially wanted to come on and almost do like a pitch for for why everyone should watch drag race thailand like the the runway just becomes such a like showpiece it's like a big part of the challenge they decide quite a lot of who gets in the bottom and who wins on the runway they quite often have like a separate runway winner as well so they the runway becomes this like really cool like performance piece and quite often they'll come out like barefoot and it's just nice to be able to be like oh look they've come out barefoot because that's appropriate for the character they're playing and nobody sat there yeah. like me picking heels on like it's just it's just very nice and very refreshing <laughs> so if the listeners haven't cottoned on yet your obsession is drag race i'm interested yeah. in <laughs> <laughs> we're just chatting about last night i'm interested in your drag race origin story like what got you obsessed and also why you're obsessed with the thailand version and the other international versions yeah okay so i am um, i started watching it when i was like 18 i think so one of my friends anna had been watching it from like she like watched it on E4 at like 1am when they aired season one. And and for years she'd been like, you need to watch, you need to watch RuPaul's Drag Race, you need to watch RuPaul's Drag Race. And it kind of got to the end of season four and she was like, you need to watch RuPaul's Drag Race. The season that was just on was really fucking good. So um, I was like, fine, I'll watch Drag Race. And um, obviously I watched it and I was just like obsessed with it immediately. Um, I just, I kind of like watch every season like probably at least once a year there are some that I skip more than others but um 
yeah, I love it. So I watched one, two, three, and four, and then I watched five kind of live, which I think was when I think more people started watching it around season six, but it felt like it kind of kicked up in popularity around five. And I was obviously just just very, very enamored by Jinx Monsoon. I absolutely loved her. Um, that was like a really yeah. crunchy photo of me when I'm like 19 meeting her at like, um, <laughs> at like a meet and greet in Soho. And it was like those things like have like lines now and like security, whereas it literally just like we went into the bar and we were like the only cis women there. <laughs> um I, I really I have this like really clear memory of um I'd been like hovering and like really excited to meet her and I was clearly like just kind of like bouncing and, and she reached out for me and it was like it was like Christ reaching to a leper <laughs> I, I felt so blessed um but yeah so it's just been kind of like that since but then I have had like almost like issues with every season since five so it was like six. I was like a Ben de la Creme stan. So I was obviously just like foaming when she left. Um, season seven, I loved Katya. So I was foaming when she left. Yeah, um, Katya's, oh, Katya was done bad by Drag she Race. She was done bad Although, by Drag Race. Probably good in the end for her, but. Yeah, I am. Um, I think, uh, I think when I've rewatched it back, like, I think she was kind of struggling. And I do think it was definitely the right choice to take Kennedy to the final. Yeah. Well, to the top four, because it was still a three person final back then, wasn't it? Oh my God. Um, yeah. And then season eight, I think is only okay. Um, season nine, real return to form. Love season nine. Um, and then I think it's all a little bit downhill from there for me. I don't mind turn, but yeah, because I've only watched seasons one to six and I watched them all Mm. within like a three week time period or something like many Christmases ago. And then I just got sick of it. Like I think overexposure to it because I did the whole like binging it in a short period of time thing. Mm. I tried to watch an episode of season one drag race uk and i was like i think it was the first episode and i was just like no i still can't be asked and then it was this season of the uk that's really like pulled me back in in a way yeah this has been a great season i think it's been among the best of drag race the best of drag race i would consider to be um all stars 2 season 4 probably uk 2 now and um thailand 2 um and and actually i think i think i would go i would go u.s nine and five as well um no. this is brilliant this is like that's like your memory i'm like oh my god no, i'm terrible that was nine who was in uh, nine maybe not the that winner. was like shea coulee and sasha and nina yeah. Benina and stuff i think i was just thinking about this when we were talking about at the beginning that i was like is it because they're british queens that were well more aware or well more cynical of like the manipulation of the editing and yeah because i'm looking back i'm like Lawrence was kind of edited to win the whole time, mm. but I never was like, yeah, Lawrence is amazing. Like, I think Lawrence is amazing. I'm not throwing any shade on it, but like. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. I, I think I was I th- maybe less about Lawrence to win and more about taste just being thrown in the bottom for dramatics. Mm. Like, I think she was thrown in the bottom on the comedy mm-hmm. performance so that she'd go up against the horror. I think that was yeah. bottom line. The only reason they put her in the bottom was so that two housemates would go up against each other. They'd never have that opportunity again. And then when she was in the bottom the next week, that was just to keep Lawrence in the top. Mm-hmm. I was like, poor taste. And, but but they knew they couldn't get rid of her because she, especially since Tia left, she like narrated the whole mm-hmm. show. Like she was... Even just in everything, she just like kept everything fun and kept everything balanced or whatever. So yeah, she served like a really important role this season, I think. But yeah, I agree. I think as well, just because like British reality television doesn't tend to be as produced as as mm. Drag Race is, I think it tends to be a little bit more like, particularly on the BBC as well. It just tends to be a lot like gentler. Like, have you seen um? If you've watched Glow Up. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I really like it as well. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's like it's just so much like it's just so much nicer to the contestants, isn't it? Like mm-hmm. nobody gets like a bad at it, and like the biggest drama will be like, oh, like Ophelia is in a bit of a huff because she doesn't like Pokemon. She's got to paint someone to look like a Pikachu, and that's kind of like it's <laughs> like intense as it gets. So I think it, it is like a bit of a weird clash of like British sensibilities, British reality television standards, and like that having like this weird clash with both World of Wonder and their production stuff, and then obviously fucking RuPaul and Michelle and them like either not understanding stuff properly or like trying to kind of shove US drag down everyone's throats while they're here right yeah do you think it's kind of like because something that I've been thinking about is like whether UK drag race is going to kind of create this disparity between like what people who never who never kind of involve themselves or like watch drag anyway think it is compared to like what the show is and what the actuality is if that makes sense like yeah basically I just don't understand why we're so obsessed with like why they're so upset like they're the what Rue is just so obsessed with staying and why Rue has managed to like have this stronghold over it because obviously she's annoying as yeah. fuck but she's also like hashtag problematic as fuck yeah like I just mm. I just don't I just don't want it <laughs> you know what no, I mean neither. I just every time I think um it's really worth watching the international seasons I think I think Drag Race Netherlands and Drag Race Thailand season two are both on World of Wonder, so you can you can blast through them in your free trial, um, as we did because we're not fucking paying for it. <laughs> so, uh, and uh, we we may have uh, may or may not have illegally downloaded 
um, Thailand season one from a um, gay torrent site, uh, nice. which was split up into two. It was split into two sections. <laughs> it, it was split into a porn section and a non-porn section, which which I love for them. <laughs> yeah, uh, and it's like with like Drag Race Netherlands because the Netherlands is so tiny. They just like all know the host, so they've all got yeah. like quite a comfortable relationship with it. It's kind of similar to um drag race uk and that like two of the contestants were like flatmates and like mm-hmm. everybody kind of knows each other even though they're in a couple of different cities and stuff so the atmosphere is just like a lot more like comfortable and it doesn't feel yeah. like there's there's this like weird overlord though and with um <laughs> with thailand i get the sense that the hosts art aria and pangina heels are like a lot more kind of celebi over there mm. but even then they're just like not pretentious and they don't they clearly don't really like consider themselves celebrities so they're just like very comfortable there's even like a makeover challenge in season two like a mini challenge where they've got an odd number of queens so pangina subs in and one of the queens does her makeup and it's just like Cute. oh that's nice yeah. <laughs> like you wouldn't you'd never see rupaul doing something like that on Mm-mm. on drag race us he clearly like considers yeah. himself just like such a cut above everyone else which you really, really don't get in the international seasons, um, even with like uh, Drag Race Canada, because again, because they're all clearly like so familiar with like Brooklyn Heights, and nobody has much respect for God. What's his name? Jeffrey, the actor guy. He's in Unreal, and he pops up on Drag Race US all the time. <laughs> but yeah, they they have no respect for him. So um, they, he just gets loads of back chat, which is also really fun. Drag Race Canada is good. Obviously, a little bit more accessible because it doesn't have the. Uh, uh, subtitles if you want to watch mm. an international season but the the judging on drag race canada is wild some of the decisions they make are absolutely insane and it's worth watching really? it just for being one of the most unpredictable seasons yes i've seen it's just it's really hard to like even kind of follow what they're trying to do with the storyline because they're just so like <laughs> all right they're in the bottom this on oh, they're going okay sure there's definitely a couple wow. of eliminations where you're just like ooh um which which is fun um so I'd, I'd i'd recommend that if you're not up for subtitles but if you are definitely drag race thailand i think as well because it seems like and i'm not i'm certainly not an expert in in thai culture having only watched two seasons of a reality <laughs> show there but uh it seems like the lgbt community like culturally the just the lines are a lot more blurred between mm. like trans people and gay people that's not like this kind of hard divide um mm. So there are trans women on the show, particularly in season two, there are two trans women who really, really excel on the show. And like, it's just like not an issue. Like nobody makes a big deal of it. It like barely gets mentioned. And they're just like there and no one has a problem with it and nobody makes like a thing of it and they do really well and nobody like considers them not drag queens, even Mm. though they've got breasts and like no one... (laughs) no one just kicks off about it and it's just really nice it is like on on the american one like in the later seasons it did get to a point where it's like trauma porn wasn't mm. it like got like when when they introduced that like what would you say to your younger self and it's like you're literally asking queens who've been through trauma because of their sexuality because you know for loads of reasons to talk to themselves as a chat it's like mm. and then when they did it last night i i think like last night in particular, I, I was like, Bimini or Tace aren't going to win because they didn't take that. They didn't play into that. Yeah. Speaking to their child, Bimini was just like, yeah, okay. It is, it's awful. 
it's horrible I think because when they become conscious of that as well I feel like they've all started to give like the same answer Mm. which is completely fair you shouldn't have to be able to stand there and kind of like regurgitate trauma porn but by the time that yeah like you've gotten to like the third season of like three out of four queens being like well you know you're gonna have some tough times people are gonna try and do that like (laughs) but you're gonna you're gonna everything's gonna get better and you're gonna really stick it to people who didn't believe in you and just just stop fucking doing it (laughs) yeah Yeah, honestly I also thought it was so telling last night how like Rue didn't bring up gender stuff with Bimini when Uh there was such like a big moment between Ginny and Bimini and like something that everyone else picked up on that was just like what did Rue say? It's like, oh, how has your mental health been affected or something? And yeah. it's like, Bimini's never fucking spoken about that, like, in the whole season. I don't understand. Bimini has a PMA. Why are you asking her about this? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just like, it's so clear that RuPaul's personally uncomfortable with trans people. Mm-hmm. He's personally uncomfortable with trans people competing. Um, Even, like, non-binary people. He's described trans women competing as, like, somebody competing on steroids at the Olympics. Oof. Which is kind of why I was pointing out, like, with the, the Thailand queens, like, it's just not an issue. And nobody's like, it's yeah. like, I'm competing on steroids because you've got real boobs. It's just, like, people just live with it and it's and it's completely fine. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's just, like, a complete non-issue. Whereas you've got, like, the more seasons where they don't have a trans woman on the show without them having to, like, sneak in the way that, like, Peppermint did. Mm. <laughs> and um, it's just, just, it's just more and more obvious with every season that this is this is RuPaul's personal issue rather than being anyone else's and um yeah I'm just not I'm not I'm not here for it I'm not here for it at all I think that like speaks to what I was saying about kind of the gap between like what actual drag scenes are like and then what's represented on RuPaul's Drag Race like as well because it's like the more that drag is just shown as this thing that like yeah cis men do to look like cis women that's just enforcing that attitude in like the mainstream general consensus which is like wrong and it's just so boring as well yeah as well I think that it's so weighted on it's it's got like a relative well it is really classist in loads of ways in that they'll judge a queen on her look when often she clearly just can't afford Mm. what the other queens can do and or she's built a career from not looking polished because she hasn't been able to like it's just like they've got all these categories of like the way she looks, she's a comedy queen, they go to see her, she represents this, she does this, but they've never ever been like, okay, and let's judge her like like on authenticity yeah. of where who she is, where she's come from and why people like her. Yeah, exactly. That's the part of the challenges or the runway that isn't like this like perfect like money model standard. Yeah. And so they'll never introduce it as a category they like unless it's with a queen that's polished in all the other ways. So they're okay to be like, People go to see Lawrence, but Lawrence also pulls a look and she's also very funny and she also like mm. fights in the dance routines, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Whereas like with Ginny, they were just like almost no time with that. Like literally called her one dimensional when she's fucking brilliant, yeah. you know what I mean? It's um no, it was I think I think the way that Ginny was kind of treated was outrageous. And I, I really liked I really liked her just walking off. Yeah. I think it was so obvious that RuPaul RuPaul clearly personally has a problem as well with queens that like aren't really that asked about being on the show. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like, I think it's one of the reasons that Joe Black kind of got shafted a bit is that mm-hmm. Joe Black Joe Black obviously doesn't need drag race. And Joe Black has obviously turned her double elimination into just some really good branding as well. Mm-hmm. So it's just so obvious that like RuPaul clearly sees a queen that's a bit like <laughs> it is from HM, lol. 
and and is like just so personally offended by the idea that somebody could be on his reality show for a laugh instead of their like sobbing yeah. like my entire livelihood depends on this please RuPaul please your mercy your highness <laughs> which like makes no sense because there's no proper prizes on the UK one in the international ones are there proper prizes or is it similar to the UK one yeah um so in <laughs> Drag Race Netherlands, the prize is a couture gown worth like 30,000 euros. Wow. Is it a couture gown that I am personally yeah. fond of? <laughs> no, it's it's kind of ugly. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I, I, it was a bit like, you're like, when they're like, oh, you're going to win this amazing couture gown. And then they cut to it and you're a bit like, eh. <laughs> um, that's, that's, that's just my taste. You might think it's nice and that's okay. Um, and Drag Race <laughs> Thailand, they win they win cash, hot, hard cash. And then they get loads of them. The prizes between episodes are really weird. Like there's one, there's one episode in season one that's really aggressively sponsored by a mobile phone company. <laughs> it makes the absolute vodka episodes of like the early yeah. seasons of US look subtle because it's literally just like here's a representative from. Um, I'm just gonna say AT and T. I know it's not AT and T, but like here's our mm-hmm. AT and T representative, and she's here. Like you will win one year's free coverage one year's unlimited <laughs> coverage and like one of the queens wins the mini challenge on the main and ends up winning like five years of free mobile phone coverage yeah. <laughs> which which is, which is like a fucking dope prize yeah, like, yeah, um, yeah. I, I love that it's so camp it's so good um that is so camp i only you right <laughs> it is very camp it's really camp unfortunately there's no like aggressively mobile phone sponsored episode in season two but um yeah, and they win like loads of like um skin and beauty treatments from like mm. different like beauty clinics, which is which is mm. interesting. But yeah, it's really good. I, I think um Drag Race Thailand season two is definitely a lot more polished than season one, and because that's the one that's available to watch, go for it basically. Use that World of Wonder trial, ladies. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it's just so nice. Like when you were talking about like the classism stuff, it seems like most of the Thailand queens have got day jobs as well. So like for season one, the entire top three have a day job. One of them is a shrimp farmer. One of them is a funeral director. God, this sounds like a reality TV show in itself. Probably, do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, get these people in <laughs> um, The funeral director slash drag queen to her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, one of them just, like, works for the government in education. So there's, like, they they just have these, like, like very like 3d lives they feel like very fully rounded people with this kind of like really cool nighttime passion and the hosts are fully aware that these people do not do drag 24 7 and like they never criticize anybody for looking cheap they never say like oh this outfit looks like kind of cheap and raggedy compared to like how polished the other girls are it's all about like how it's put together and how it works and how you perform the outfit when you're on stage and it's just like a much more like holistic approach to drag, which I think is really, yeah. really interesting, particularly when you're used to like the US just kind of almost beginning to feel like who's got the most expensive outfit, who's dropped the most money. Whereas it's more kind of about like who's got the cleverest idea and whose outfit kind of suits the challenge the best and how they've deployed it and performed it. They do loads of like cool um, performance stuff on stage. There's um an episode in season one where they have like, a runway themed around like Thai films. I will say with a disclaimer, you will not understand about a third of Drag Race Thailand, but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, completely over my head, but it's still really entertaining. 
And they all had like little like bits that they did. Like one woman came out as a ghost and she like she like like slithers down the stage and then gets off the stage and then climbs back up and she's like eating organs <laughs> she's oh doing God, it and, uh, wow. they just do this like amazing performance stuff and then the the finales which i think they should adopt across um all of the drag races they have like a full live stage show and they have every finalist queen like produce her own number but oh they have God. her like yes. do the choreography and the costumes and they have them do like the backdrops and they do the like pyrotechnics and sometimes they sing and it's just, it just feels really exciting. It feels like a real event and it feels like watching them have control over this like full number that they've like produced themselves feels like both really applicable a real world drag and like it's it's just amazing to watch. <laughs> it's just so good. Yeah. Also Thailand too. It's just absolutely wild. The host just kind of takes no shit in like the first episode. She thinks the uh, it's Aunt Aria thinks the um the performance is a bit half assed so she's just like, do it again, do it again, <laughs> do it again, restart the music. They're going to do it again. <laughs> and it's wow, it's, that sounds amazing. Um, what else? Oh, as well, because um, it really makes Thailand feel like this like really interesting international hub for drag. Mm-hmm. So season one has one Filipino queen who can't speak any Thai and has to do the whole season in English. Whoa. So they just have like Pan China there who speaks like really fluent English, just kind of like translating for her almost. And they have to do the same again with season two. They have an American queen who lives in Thailand. Um, they have a they have a couple of Filipino queens. They have a queen from Singapore, and they all just speak English through the show. So there does end up being this quite like like funny divide between queens that do speak English and queens that don't speak Thai. But yeah, that's really interesting as well because it does make it feel really like international and really like just like you're getting a bit more real, yeah, like and like a really broad spectrum of drag as well. Mm. I just love it. Like I said, I think it's kind of up there with the the second season of Thailand is up there with All Stars too for me as like as like a, a really truly great season of Drag Race. <laughs> um, but yeah, apparently they're doing like a like an international All Stars. And I would be yeah, very that. excited to see who gets on that from mm. Thailand. It will probably be one of the ones that speaks English, but yeah, <laughs> most likely, which, uh, which will probably limit it ever so slightly. So you can kind of guess who will probably be on from the basis of um of that. But yeah, it's great. It's really good. Um, I I could like continue to evangelize on it for another like <laughs> ten minutes or something, but it's just it's so refreshing. That was great, Eliza's fab. Yeah, I love her. She can come on every week, take the pressure off us. <laughs> so, well, that was great. Thanks, Ione. Um, <laughs> just going straight into the <laughs> thanks there, are we? Bloody hell, you're sick, sick to the back teeth of me, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> you're the one who said you haven't even eaten yet today. Yeah, it's true, I haven't. But yeah, next week we will be back with a sleepover. And then, yeah. We will see you then. Thank you to you, Olivia. See you thank you to you, Ione. And thank you to Eliza again and to all of you listeners. And thank you to Gina and Gina and Carlin and Clarissa and Jacob and Eden and Camille and Charlotte. We will see you again next week. Goodbye. Bye.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.